Hello and welcome to the Commented Podcast. I'm Decoria. I'm Marin. And I'm Mia. And today we are back with yet another movie review slash recap. But this time we are going to be talking about They Cloned Tyrone. Yay! Um, isn't this like the second black movie in a row that we're doing? What did we this do is technically time? movie. Oh, we did yeah. uh, White Man Can't Jump. Yeah. I think that was literally the episode that went out last week. Right. right? <laughs> or, t- or today, maybe. <laughs> or yesterday. So They Clone Tyrone is a 2023 American science fiction comedy mystery film directed by Joel Taylor, who is known for Creed 3, Transformers, Rise of the Beast, and Space Jam, I believe, the second Space Jam, and his feature film directorial debut from a screenplay he wrote with Tony Rittenmeyer, who also worked on the Space Jam remake. It stars John Boyega, Tiona Paris, Jamie Foxx, who also is a producer on the film. As an unlikely trio uncovering a government cloning conspiracy, David Allen Greer, which I did not notice until my friend pointed out, and um, Kiefer Sutherland also appear as supporting characters. Okay, how did you guys hear of this movie? I saw promo for it like last year i remember seeing really either last year or like months ago to the point like i forgot that it was coming out i think i saw a poster or something that was like that was like john boyega and jamie fox starring in like a netflix film or something like that so i did hear about it very early on what about you nia um i think y'all told me about it um i or maybe my mom did because she was like watching my mom loves netflix so I think she may have, or y'all might have told me. What about you, Corey? I think, yeah, for me, I I feel like I vaguely heard about this movie, but then I didn't really hear about it until I got on Twitter, and somebody, t- like, they made a tweet about, like, something about not eating fried chicken, and I was mm-hmm. like, what is this? And so I was like, I need to watch the movie, and that's how I heard about it. All right, so getting into the plot of the movie this is going to be like kind of like a full recap um plot summary of course is coming from wikipedia with me adding on to the story and when i remember certain moments so fontaine played by john boyega is a drug dealer in a retro futuristic neighborhood called the Glen, aka atlanta um anybody who lives in atlanta if you watch the movie you'll notice that this is definitely like probably east atlanta looks very familiar and he has the odds against him and his he has a schedule that he keeps daily his mother stays in her room all day long and rarely speaks to him and he still mourns the death of his younger brother slick charles one of fontaine's customers initiates a fight with one of his many sex workers yo-yo played by tiana paris fontaine goes to confront slick charles who owes fontaine money and encourages yo-yo out the way oh i'm sorry and encounters yo-yo on the way Fontaine is able to get some of the money from Slick, but then is fatally shot by an opposing drug dealer named Isaac as he leaves. So, quick pause. Mm-hmm. Were y'all expecting him to get murdered like that? Mm, like that? Like, I thought when he stepped out of the car and started uh-huh. shooting at the other people, I thought he was going to be okay. Uh-huh. But I didn't think he was going to get killed like in the first like five minutes of the movie. I definitely did think he was get he was gonna get killed because I didn't. There was, what else was the importance of the other characters? Um, yeah, 
I don't know the 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 what was it the like the tone of the film at that point was that somebody was about to die. Really, for me, I didn't feel that at all. I thought something else was going to happen, but that it makes was just sense now. really eerie how they kept following him, and I'm like, yeah. And I think that's what really was like, oh, somebody was going to die. I didn't know if it was going to necessarily be him until they pulled up to him in his car. But I thought that some something was somebody is going to get shot. Yeah. What about you, Nia? Hmm. I didn't know. I just thought. I honestly thought. I didn't think he'd die, but I thought um he would have. I what I thought was going to happen was that he was going to shoot them and successfully kill them and then have to it'd be like a chase thing where like he'd be yeah. trying to run away, get away from the scene, um, et cetera, et cetera. So I wasn't expecting him to die, but I was expecting him to definitely shoot them. Um, right. I'm very glad he didn't shoot the other guy because listen, this is very side note, very random, but that head other uh, enemy gang guy. Oh, the last good one? <laughs> the last good one. I said, whoa. He, he kind of like, do oh. look like a young, uh, what's that Wu-Tang Clan member that people thirst over? Oh, Method Man? Oh, he yeah, does. Yeah, he looks like a young Method Man. He does. I saw him and I was like, oh, don't don't hurt him. He just misunderstood. <laughs> it's like that meme, no, don't die. You're so hot. <laughs> okay. Oh, by the way, Slick Charles is played by Jamie Foxx. The next morning, Slick Charles is shocked when Fontaine shows back up at his door once again like a ghost out of hell, somehow alive, and asking for the money that he already obtained the previous night. The two find Yo-Yo to confirm Slick's claims that Fontaine had been shot to death the previous night, which greatly confuses Fontaine because he has no memory of this event, even though the next day after he was killed he did see a suspicious car driving very quickly like a suv down the street outside of the liquor store that he was at he remembers a man bleeding from a gunshot was kidnapped by a black suv which is what i just mentioned which is now parked outside of a trap house fontaine goes inside the house to investigate with the help of slick charles and yo-yo who voice their concerns the entire time basically they don't want to be there or well, at first they don't want to be there but Fontana's like no i need to figure out what the hell is going on here as they search through the house they discover an elevator to an underground lab inside of a closet in the master bedroom when they get down there well before they get down there what song do they sing they're singing a rendition of some song i can't remember what it is but it was funny as hell and i'm pretty sure that entire scene was um improv probably what were you about to say um it was the i'm going down that one yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) i don't remember which part they started singing that song okay but yeah i like i that scene was improv for sure (laughs) so while inside a white scientist with an afro tells them that the operation has gone widespread slick snorts oh sorry (laughs) let me restart um blah 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 when they get down to the underground lab a white scientist with an afro tells them that an operation has gone widespread after they confront him and kind of like hold him against his will, threaten him with a gun, stuff like that. Slick, who's in the corner messing around with all the chemicals in the lab, starts snorting a mysterious white substance that he believes is cocaine. And then 
we start noticing that he's like laughing like uncontrollably at like awkward moments and so then fontaine has slick go and continue to hold the white man with an afro hostage and while slick is threatening this man he just keeps laughing and accidentally shoots him in the stomach and kills him after yo-yo ends up causing an explosion from something that she dropped before they leave the trio discovers a corpse lying on the table that looks exactly like fontaine the next morning fontaine breaks into the house again only to find that the entrance to the lab has completely disappeared like this house no longer was an abandoned trap house. It now looked completely normal, like someone was living there. They went to their master bedroom, opened the closet door. There was no elevator, nothing. Like, you would never be able to tell if somebody was there the night before or that there was a lab under this house. So the group decides to reconvene at a fried chicken restaurant. <sighs> and while they're there, they start noticing that every person inside the building begins laughing at the same time. So they're very confused by this and, of course, suspicious after what they saw the night before and end up realizing that the fried chicken contains the same white substance that Slick Charles had consumed yesterday when he accidentally killed that white man. So they decide to investigate further and Yo-Yo seduces the restaurant manager who who coincidentally looks very similar to the scientist that Slick killed. She discovers that the entirety of the Glen is being surveyed, surveilled, and recorded. They later discover that the substance is also being used in grape drinks and hair products for black women. Through some hidden messages from an alcoholic, which is the homeless man that's out in front of the liquor store that Fontaine goes to daily, they discovered that, I'm sorry, they discover a local black church where the group becomes unsettled by disturbing lyrics that the churchgoers collectively sing as a result of the grape drinks influence. This After the had me sick. It has you like sick as in like like what the hell is going on or like laughing. Right, no, like physically ill because I was like, oh my God, especially with the within the hair products. oh yeah 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 yeah. that's why like literally once i watched them start laughing because of the fried chicken i was like oh my god like what have i been putting in my body i had popeyes the day before (laughs) (laughs) and then the grape drink too i don't drink juice like that though so that like if they're poisoning the juice i'm safe (laughs) but chicken definitely will get me oh they would get me too also, like, quick aside, I really love that they, the perception of homeless people, especially ones that are dealing with substance abuse, is that they go around muttering, like, nonsense. But the fact that they had this homeless guy, like, he wasn't muttering nonsense. He was, like, saying what was going on in the town because he was, like, the only one who wasn't brainwashed. Right. Like, I liked that they included that. Mm-hmm. I but, yeah. Yeah, that's what I noticed at the end. I was like, wait, this whole time, like, he's been the only one who actually saw what was going on from the beginning. But, yeah, so after the service finishes, they remember the the words that the homeless man said and discover an elevator in the altar of the church. Once they go down that elevator, they discover that a lab facility expands the entire spans the entirety of the Glen area and witness black people being subject to disturbing behavioral experiments. They find that the lab has clones of every Glen resident, including Fontaine and Slick Charles. They also watch the predominantly white scientists control the clones through certain songs and visual simulation. 
They exit through the they exit through a local strip club after Fontaine sets off an alarm when he sees a clone of himself and tries to shoot it. The DJ brainwashes the club goers, goers with a song and then forces them to chase the trio. A white man named Nixon, of course, um, and a Fontaine clone named Chester show up to halt the club goers. Nixon reveals that scientists like him conduct experiments on impoverished, predominantly black populations, including the Glen, to allow the operation to go unnoticed and supposedly achieve peace in America. I don't know how what they're doing was supposed to achieve peace, but okay. Nixon uses a trigger word. Um, what does he say? He says like, what is oh, the exact uh, word? Black Olympus or Black Olympia? Yeah, yeah, Olympia Black, something like that. Nixon uses a trigger word, Olympia Black, causing the entire crowd to follow his commands, with the exception of Yo-Yo. Nixon tells Fontaine to put a pistol in his mouth, which he does. Yo-Yo pleads for his life, and Nixon uses another trigger word to release them from their hypnotic state. The entire crowd was conscious the entire time, unable to control their actions. Despite the fact that Yo-Yo was a witness who was entirely unaffected, Nixon still threatens to use it on the crowd again if they don't stop meddling in the in the lab experiments. The next day, Fontaine falls into a deep depression after discovering that his mother, who he had actually never seen, and like just a side note, like throughout the entire movie, what basically would happen is like Fontaine, like from the beginning, he would walk past his mother's room door and he would knock on it and he'd be like, Hey mom, you want something to eat? And he would hear a voice saying back, like, No, I'm okay. I had like pizza today earlier. Like, oh no, there was like a fish fry down at the church. I already had food. And like he would go on about his day, but he never bothered to check to see if like someone was actually in there and I, I wonder if that's because of like the mind control stuff mm-hmm. that maybe he that's why he never actually went in there probably or it was probably like when they should I spoil what they're gonna go ahead okay um when they found that when you find out that they're, they're the clone and when they like do the things where they flash all the memories that he's supposed to have in front of his eyes yeah. They probably don't include him actually seeing his mother always. They probably include him like just talking to his mother through that door. So I think it's just part of the I don't know what it's called. Part of what they implement like in programming. His, in his yeah. Yeah, okay, that that would make sense. That would make a lot of sense. So yeah, Fontaine, um, you know, he's in a depression after discovering that his whole life is a lie and that he's a clone. Um, so he decides that he wants to see comfort from his mother and he tries to knock on the door. And of course he hears the same repeated voice saying like, Oh, like I'm okay. I don't need anything right now. Or you can't come in. So he decides to kick down the door and discovers that the entire time the voice was not his mother, but just a voice on a tape recorder. Yo-Yo decides to take matters into her own hands after she tries to get Fontaine to rejoin the mission to expose the lab. But her identity is accidentally exposed and is, she is subsequently kidnapped by Nixon. Fontaine comes up with a plan with Slick, Charles, and Isaac to rescue Yo-Yo. <laughs> this plan um, basically <laughs> was to fake his death. But in the process to do that, they use like sex workers to communicate messages to one another. <laughs> and that whole scene was just really funny. If y'all watch it, you know what I'm talking about. 
So Fontaine comes up with a plan with Slick Charles and Isaac to rescue Yo-Yo, faking his death to sneak into the lab undetected. Fontaine lets Slick Charles and Isaac in on the in to storm the lab with numerous residents of the Glen. They free the black people being experimented on, including the clones, while Yo-Yo frees herself and finds Slick Charles. Fontaine is overpowered by Chester and is taken into a secret back office where he is confronted or he meets an older version of himself who is revealed to be the original Fontaine and also is revealed to be the creator of this entire uh, scheme. And he explains that he's been helping the scientists to create peace by literally whitewashing black people into white people through mind control and generational breeding. Now, what did y'all think when you realized that this was the plan all along and that the white people that you were seeing in the neighborhood with Afros used to actually be black? Um, <laughs> in shock. I stared at it like I have never in my life seen a movie do this before. When he said, what he said, he said, assimilation is better than annihilation. I was like, is yeah. it the same thing? Isn't, <laughs> isn't what you're doing the same thing? Yeah, I was in shock, honestly. Flabbergasted. What about you, Nia? I was like, this is insane. Burn the whole thing down. It was, I was in shock. And it honestly did not click in my head until you just mentioned that the white people in the town were actually black. I, I couldn't, I didn't, yeah. two and two didn't get put together until just now. So I'm kind of yeah, extra mind Every blown. single white person you saw the Afro, that used to be a person of color. <laughs> That's crazy. Wow. Yeah. The racially motivated murder of Fontaine's little brother by police officer prompted the original Fontaine to start making clones. Because his idea, once again, is that in order for this kind of violence to never happen again, Black people need to fully assimilate into white culture, which is like, okay. I don't know how you got to that conclusion, but all right. Um <laughs> After the elder Fontaine claims that the country would be better with assimilation, rather, wait, after the elder Fontaine claims that the country would be better with assimilation than annihilation, which is what Marin, the quote Marin said earlier, Fontaine uses Nixon's trigger word on Chester and has him shoot the original Fontaine. Meanwhile, Yo-Yo stalls Nixon from killing her and then Slick comes around the corner and shoots him. The facility entrance to the church opens up, spilling naked clones out to the public, exposing the, the country's secret operation. After Yo-Yo announces her retirement from her job, the trio decides to head to Memphis to further expose and stop the operation. Also, this scene of basically when all the clones are on the street and the news is out interviewing people, this is when I realized it was in Atlanta as well because one of the people they interviewed was like, they out here cloning niggas. What do you say? It's like, they out here cloning, <laughs> they out here cloning niggas, bro. We out here, this shit's crazy. And the <laughs> accent was too strong. I was like, oh, this is definitely in Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> that whole news scene, I was like, oh, this is, this is black people. I love this. It was so funny. <laughs> okay. At the ending of the movie, the facility entrance to the church, blah, blah, blah. So that ha scene happens. And um, Fontaine, Slick Charles, and Yo-Yo all decide to go to Memphis 
um, to further expose and stop the operations that are happening. And the movie finally ends with a kind of after credit scene almost like they do a little bit of credits and then they immediately cuts to this another another scene where in los angeles we see john boyega again and what is assumedly another clone or another version of himself um basically repeating the same repeating the same sequence of events kind of that happened at the start of the movie like going through his daily routine of like waking up asking his mom if she wants something to eat, working out, hanging out with his friends. But it's just, instead of John Boyega being an Atlanta nigga, he's a Los Angeles nigga. So um, a man named, sorry, I don't want to spoil that part. So basically he's sitting on the couch with his friends and they turn the TV on and they see that in Los Angeles, this whole clone thing was exposed again. And so one of the interviewers tries to interview a couple of people, a couple of the clones, but of course the clones are not saying anything because they don't have like thoughts. They're just like, they literally were just born. So they don't have like thoughts or anything like that. So they get to one final clone and it zooms in on the clone's face. And then all of the friends in the room pause and they turn to look at John Boyega's new character. And they're like, isn't that you Tyrone? And then the movie ends. Mm -hmm. So like it kind of like ties the title of the movie together until uh, the very last scene. And then a little Easter egg. Um, what's the song called? You better call you better call Tyrone. Is that the original song name or is it mm-hmm. called Tyrone? Uh it's just um Tyrone by Erica Badu. Tyrone. I believe. So Tyrone by what you think is Tyrone by Erica Badu starts playing. By the way, that song has never been recorded like as a studio version. So like it's only that live version. That's why I thought it was his original song. But when it gets to the chorus, the you think you met Tyrone, it it says these motherfuckers clone Tyrone. So she did like (laughs) a special version of of the song for this movie. And then the movie is over. So that is They Clone Tyrone. What were your initial thoughts after finishing the movie? That I needed to watch it again. (laughs) (laughs) Which is what I did. But, um, I thought the movie was really good. It it leaves you a little shocked at the ending and makes you think overall about what the, the message was trying to say or anything that you think that you might have overlooked during, while you were watching the film. What about you, Nia? Um, it was like, I really loved it. I liked how even though it wasn't sent to theaters, they still gave it a, a really big, seemed like a big budget. Um. I I think this might be one of the first of its kind, like in terms of like a mystery sort of sci-fi black, like hood-esque movie. So I really enjoyed this. Yeah, the only other movie that I can think of that's similar to this is um, Sorry to Bother You. It's like a Bootsy Collins Mm. movie that stars Lakeith Stanfield. Mm -hmm. Uh, Gotcha. I haven't seen that movie, so I will definitely check that out if it's similar to this. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I really like this. Um, everybody's acting was on point. I was not expecting the cast to be this star studded. Um, like this is a cast for real. Um, mm-hmm. gosh. And then I've just thought about 
what really the first thing that popped in my head was like Popeye's when the chicken sandwich came out and I was like folks were literally killing each other over a chicken sandwich the boondocks predicted that bro the boondocks (laughs) literally predicted that like I was like that's they're gonna get to black people and our hair products and our chicken and that would and it could happen in real life or it could have already happened and we just been like well that's it he would he was talking about he was like you know, make all the, which, okay, this doesn't make sense to me. If he is breeding, I don't understand how he is turning white people, black people into white people. If all the white people that we saw there were all just clones, like he's not actually taking black people that are born and turning them into white people, but he is making, like, I don't understand I guess that was a little confusing to me if these are, I don't understand how he is breeding these. Like, I don't, I just don't understand how it works in my head. If y'all can maybe explain it to me a little better. I'm not too sure how it works, like how the whole process works either. I would need to probably watch it like, like for the third time. Like from my understanding, like you said, like the white people are just clones like yeah, like the, so... through the cloning process they eventually become um they eventually become white the white people but um i i first i thought that like his whole goal was to spread like black culture to the masses but mm-hmm. i didn't understand what was going on there so i'm confused about that as well maybe that's like a plot hole like they, they need to explain I saw... that a bit more this article I'm reading said it turns out that over several generations, the older Fontaine has been trying to breed out blackness itself slowly, but surely isolating genes and creating a significantly white race of people. And I'm like, as in this is as evidenced by the aforementioned lab tech and a handful of other white characters with black hair. So you're taking your, I just, okay, never mind. I'm thinking too hard into it. The story's never going to explain it to me anyway. So <laughs> I get the general concept of what he is. Like, I can, not that I get that what, why he's doing it, but I can kind of understand um, what the story's trying to tell me. But um, when when we saw the, the white clones um, with the Afro hair or whatever, and they were like, yeah, you just eat the chicken with the natural, the natural flavor of the chicken. Oh, the natural flavors. Okay. Like, it was like, did you, you season the been- chicken? No, I just grew it. And it really brought out the natural flavors. You're losing the culture too. You're losing the, 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 <laughs> the recipes too. What are y'all going to eat? What, what? See, before it was revealed that the white people were clones, I thought that they were just white people trying to like, like I thought the whole movie was about, at first them trying to spread black culture right. to the masses and make uh-huh. it more palatable for white people <laughs> so, right but they know it's that's actually why I, worse i thought they were just like uh cultural appropriating like white people right no i was sitting there i was like damn they even they can't they can't even add seasoning to their food like you're really just stripping everything from them yeah yeah my first thoughts after finishing were definitely along the lines of nia's of like oh my god popeyes (laughs) like (laughs) what is in the food um also like i was like like just like you guys shocked by like how good the movie was Mm -hmm. this movie like came out like right between barbie and oppenheimer oppenheimer like that same weekend maybe Mm -hmm. like the weekend after so it 
for people who missed the movie, it explains why. Like, I understand how people could have missed this coming out. Right. And I don't think because of, I think because of the, the actor strike and the writer strike, I don't think they promoted it that much recently. Right. Like, it's been a, a lot of, like, word of mouth promotion going on because mm-hmm. I haven't really seen, like, I've seen the director do interviews and stuff, but not really, like, the actors and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. And also, too, I kept thinking about, like, I really love the way this movie was shot, but it was so confusing to me because I couldn't tell what time period they were in because yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. They had like a kind of graininess to it that made it feel, they had a graininess to it and like so many neon lights that made it feel very retro. But at the same time, (sighs) Fontaine is dressed like he's in 2023. Right. But right. Slick Charles and Yo Yo look like they're from the seventies, <laughs> right? So yeah, I was yeah. just confused, like, wh- what? And what I did time period is this? Something that that was intentional? Yeah, um, I saw that too. They did it on purpose. It makes sense because I thought the same thing. I'm like, he got a flip phone, but the other guy got an iPhone. So this is modern day. Okay. <laughs> I feel like that might be symbolic of like this could ha- this happen in any time period in Black history. It's not right. just modern time like this could apply to the 70s this could apply to the 80s this could apply to today because like the timing thing was very strange like I know people still drive those retro cars but like I was like okay the cars the aesthetic uh like the the interiors were very 70s and then of like interiors of homes were like really 70s um and then like the hairstyle some of the hairstyles and then it's like but then it looked really modern at times and they mentioned Bitcoin and I was like, right. okay, so yeah, it's definitely like modern time. <laughs> but then no one, but the thing is what was weird about it is like keeping it in modern times made certain decisions seem weird because like if you were seeing something really strange in like a home or a church, you would instantly take pictures if you had your yeah, phone with you. True. So that's why I was like, maybe they're doing this weird like combination time thing where they mix time periods and say like people don't really have phones in this world unless it's like to just talk on the flip phone I don't know I know drug dealers have flip phones but I don't know I don't know yeah I yeah that yeah that just that part confused me a lot I remember I asked my friend I was like what time period do you think this is in I really can't tell and I also thought of maybe like it's a thing where they're showing like in this community that's being uh, forcibly impoverished is that mm-hmm. the w- way to say this mm-hmm. they're being forced into poverty this community like they're not allowing resources to come to this community maybe it's showing that they're kind of stuck having these old things but I don't know I don't know you can put meaning behind anything really um, but I also um, thought it was very interesting like if you are not part of minority this movie will not hit the same um that it would and specifically if you're not black of course but yeah yeah, yeah. It's like um mm-hmm. you know like there are there are examples of experiments happening on black people in history so like you know of course like the uh, the syphilis experiment or like um when he was this is reminds me of them sterilizing women black women so they can't have oh uh, yeah um, like it's like very they're very like real life um what's what am i looking for the word i'm looking for example i know exactly what you mean yeah yeah because the thing like it's 
it's like a stereotype that black people love conspiracy theories, but people don't realize the reason why is because a lot of these conspiracy right. theories are true. Like look at like Henrietta Lacks, like right. mirrors yeah. of the Tuskegee, Tuskegee experiment, the forced sterilization, um, them bringing crack to the black community. Like right. that's not a conspiracy that they confirmed that they did do that. They brought cocaine to the black community to help fund the wars that they had going on in South America and Central America right. And then, like, not even just that, like, food deserts, like, them purposely right. not zoning black areas to have grocery stores to only have fast food places. The way uh, nicotine and, like, cigarette companies, yeah. Yeah, redlining, the way right. cigarette companies advertise heavily to black people. That's why there's so much smoking in the black community. There's just, mm-hmm. like, stuff. Like, it's, like, layers and layers of stuff that is right. true. So, like, this movie, like, hits differently because it's right. just, like, yeah, like, maybe they really are doing this shit. Like, who knows? Mm-hmm. Like, it's not then, far-fetched seeing America's track saying, records. Like, it's right. literally not that far off. Like, I, I doubt they have the technology to do such a thing. But if they did, I don't doubt they wouldn't do it. Like, the only right. reason this movie makes me go, like, when um, Fontaine, you find out that it's actually the real... F- well, his name is not Fontaine, but the real guy who looks like Fontaine, like, started this entire thing. Him being black is fucking crazy. However, the actual idea doesn't, like, this is not the, like, I'm not as, I'm more surprised. If a white man was doing it in this film, I would have been like, damn, that's crazy. He should, I want him to die in this film. But it being a black man that was doing it is part of the reason why I was sitting there in shock at the end of the film. You know what, though? Yeah. I'm not surprised. Like, I think them having a black man be the one who created this whole program has a, another layer to it. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, like, the does. whole idea of, like, the black community destroying the black community. Like, our own people. Like, it be your own people, that type of stuff. Because, like, look mm-hmm. at, like, uh, like Fred Hampton in, like, the Black Panther Party. Like, he was ratted out by one of his party members, was he not? Like, his best friend or something like that so and then all the time how we all everybody's like whenever someone says something real coonish on twitter people are like harriet would have left y'all behind and that's the type of people like (laughs) the people that would have ratted you out to massa or like said oh they're going that way like not trying to actually be with the community just trying to like ruin it for everybody self-hating folks clarence thomas clarence thomas adjacent people oh the sugar baby the one who getting flued out, Clarence Thomas. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You didn't, like, there's been um, exposés. People don't get the reference. There's been exposés about Clarence Thomas from ProPublica that, like, he's been getting, like, flown out <laughs> by, like, like lawyers wow. and stuff. And, like, they're paying for, like, his kids' tuition. He's basically like a sugar baby. I am <laughs> Oh, my God. Yeah, no, I don't. That man makes me sick. <laughs> right? <laughs> Every time I see something, I see all the white judges, and then I see him in it. I'm just like, <laughs> do you go home and, like, can look at yourself in the mirror, can eat your food well after you've made the decisions that you've made? Yes, but he can. And he goes and eats so. dinner with his white wife. Oh, my gosh. Oh, okay. And so do you guys have any favorite moments or anything in particular that like really stood out to you? Um, when, when Slick Charles and Fontaine went to go talk to Yo-Yo 
And she's talked to that man. And he's like, "You, what do you call him? A reject Obama? That's not Michelle to the guy <laughs> in the car. Because she was like talking to a man in a car. And they wanted to talk to Yo-Yo. And the man um, turned around. He's like, don't you see we're busy? And and then Slick Charles calls something like, says something to him like, you reject Obama. And then says, that's not, that's not Michelle. It was just so funny to me. Every joke that Jamie Foxx did was hilarious. For me, there were a lot of funny moments. Um, but like the the scene at the end, obviously, I love the the justice of like going in and storming the facility. And I to me, I, I thought it was very nice of them to not kill the white people. If it was me, I'd be doing I'd be a little trigger happy. But that's just me. <laughs> Turn to Aaron Yeager. <laughs> Listen. But no, they were very humane, just beating people up and like getting control. But um yeah, I thought that I also love the fact that they rehearsed that that like that whole thing that when he was in the car right. and he's like when he was the, the fine man was rehearsing his lines and the guy said, Yeah, that's Denzel. He said, Training Day or or the Book of Eli. He said, Book of Eli. He said, Shit. Let me do it again. <laughs> uh for me. I already mentioned this moment, but when, when they were interviewing people outside, and that man was like, "They out here cloning niggas, goddamn!" <laughs> like, bro, like that scene was so funny to me because if this happened in real life, there would literally be a person like that. Yeah, there, that, that somebody, somebody would say that same exact thing word for word. <laughs> like, yeah, the script also, was very realistic. It sounded, yeah. it didn't sound like someone who like went to, it wasn't Kenya Barris. It wasn't like, hello, fellow blacks, <laughs> fellow yeah, black how, people. How about that fried chicken? It, was, uh, like, yeah. <laughs> it, it wasn't that. It was very much like, this person is black. They don't have to make up lingo or sound like they're in the 70s jive turkey type stuff. It was very, black. like actual black people were involved in this. Yeah. And then also speaking of another scene similar to that, when they had stormed the the lab, I think it's that man that Nia keeps talking about, the light skinned one. He was downstairs on the phone in the office and he was like, Yeah, we down here. We we had stormed the lab, you know, tell some something to come tell Rary to come down here and tell him to bring 20 bitches and stuff like that and i was like are you serious <laughs> they over here fighting or like a revolution and you're over here trying to have like a, a house party <laughs> um don't take nothing serious that's very real In yeah it's a chaos we're gonna have some fun jokes and then also to another favorite moment of mine i can't point out the exact moment but Basically, when I realized that the homeless man outside the liquor store was not just saying nonsense, that he was actually like, hey, y'all are being cloned. Um, look under the church. Um, that black SUV is very suspicious. When I realized that he was actually saying things of like, note, I was like, oh, that's so creative that they did that. Um, the mind control music too, also in the strip club was interesting, interesting to me because mm-hmm. I keep hearing stuff lately about like the type of music you listening to, like influencing your mood and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So that kind of mm-hmm. reminded me, like they, they always say stuff like, oh, like these young teens listen to all this rap and all this like angry music. That's why they behave that way. And I was like, hmm, that's like really interesting that they put this kind of scene in there like um music mm. controlling the people's minds and stuff like that that debate uh, is interesting though because it's like yeah i can see both sides because like what came first the chicken or the egg like the, exactly. the environment created the music but then mm-hmm. the music reinforces the environment but who knows it's like 
it's like a endless cycle i guess yeah i get exactly what you mean because like on like literally like you said like there are people who like live that life and are already living that life but then you have people who never lived that life never been a part of that life who hear this music (laughs) and want to be like that and you're like hmm I came from the gutter. Shows shows three hundred thousand dollar house in suburban Metro Atlanta. Literally talking about I came from the gutter. You're from Swanee, Georgia. Please, (laughs) Forsyth County. Please. Um. Okay, and then what is the other questions that I I had? One more question. Where did it go? Sorry, people are listening. I'm looking at a Google Doc and it moved around. Oh, and then like, um, did you have any favorite characters? The fine man. I need to look up who he is because he had me. He had me in a chokehold. Yeah. Um. Probably Yogo, because I was so happy when she revealed that she had a wig on the whole time at the end of the movie. I was like, yes. <laughs> I, was like I was like, where's that wig? Please send the link, sis. Right. <laughs> I was right. like, I need that wig. That's actually really nice. That's a nice wig. I would say, um. Yo-Yo and Slick Charles were my favorites as well. I like all three of the main characters, but definitely mm-hmm. um, Yo-Yo the most. And Slick Charles, Slick Charles is, or Jamie Foxx is funny as hell. Mm-hmm. And John okay, Boyega, before- he slayed this, by the way. Like, sometimes I forget this man is British because he ate this. Say, the way he was perfectly able to imitate the Atlanta accent I was so, and then when he's, what really threw me for a loop when he went from being from Atlanta to being from LA and it was believable. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah. how? I don't know what they're feeding these British black actors, <laughs> but every single one of them are so good at right. cosplaying as a black American people that is actually <laughs> insane. Yeah. Um, there was, they ate, he ate, delivered. Give him his tens. Yeah, I hope they get some awards for this for this movie. It mm-hmm. is actually this is a very very good movie. Um, and then just a little bit of like about the inspiration and analysis before we wrapped up. Um, so basically, I found this article called "The Personal Backstory of Driving," the personal backstory of driving they clone Tyrone by Reggie Ugu of New York Times. Um, published July twenty first, twenty twenty three. So the day the movie came out, um, he was interviewing uh the director and screenwriter Joel. Uh, what is his last name? Hold up. Jewel Taylor. And basically trying to figure out what the inspiration was for the movie. And a quote from the article that I really liked, um, Jewel was saying, the, uh, but the actual story didn't come, uh, the story for they clone Tyrone. He had the idea for the movie like in 2017, but they were still figuring stuff out. And so they didn't figure out the movie until they came up with the character for Fontaine. So yeah, but the actual story didn't come out until I figured out the character of Fontaine. In 2016, when I reconnected with a friend from college, he had gotten arrested for something when we were 18 or 19 that ended up changing the course of his life. I had always been a little bit critical of him because I thought he had so much potential. But in this conversation, he revealed that he had been dealing with depression. He just didn't know how to tell anybody back then. It completely changed my perspective. I started thinking a lot about blame and responsibility. And that's when all of the elements of the movie came together. A guy is having an identity crisis and he has to overcome circumstances that are genuinely beyond his control. That last sentence, I was like, that's like the entire black community. 
Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. literally, like the black community as a whole, no matter like what kind of black person you are, I feel like people can relate to that having an identity crisis mm-hmm. and also at the same time having to overcome circumstances that he can't control, i.e. like oppression and like systematic racism and stuff like that. Right. So that's all I was like, wow, like this movie, like there's so many different meanings to it. You could probably, there could probably be like a two hour, like YouTube video breaking down all the different meanings in this film. Literally. And then another uh, piece of analysis, well, not yeah so um another article called they clone tyrone ending explained what do the clones represent by anna menta the decider she basically kind of summed up what like the general idea of the movie was basically the point that everyone kind of got um they clone tyrone is a movie about forced assimilation the clones are a metaphor for the way in which white america only finds black people in black culture palatable and worthy of the money, power, and comfort of white society if they are whitewashed. At the same time, the clones are also a metaphor for the ways in which white people maintain the power and balance by intentionally keeping certain black people impoverished and oppressed. Some clones, like Fontaine, exist simply to keep the neighborhood undesirable so that authorities look the other way. But the other clones, aka the like white passing clones, um, the white passing black people we've seen around the neighborhood exist in the name of assimilation. If the sciences have their way, eventually all black people will be white. Assimilation is better than annihilation. The quote from the original Fontaine. Um, yeah, so that was like, I pr- I'm pretty sure anybody who watched this and can, you don't even have to think too critically to realize that right. this is what this movie is about. But yeah, that whole... <laughs> Uh, white America only finds black people and black culture palatable and worthy of the money, power, and comfort of white society if they're whitewashed. I don't know why, but that immediately reminded me of K-pop. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. Immediately. I was like, the same way, like, K-pop, like, took, like, black music and made it... It's like black people aesthetics with a minority that white people find non-threatening. Yeah. (laughs) and i'm like wow (laughs) and then lastly talking about the reception of this movie so this movie generally has like very positive reviews so far on rotten tomatoes it has a 94 percent oh wow and then i think the audience score is also like 100 or something like that and then critic reviews in general are positive are positive the movie's average rating is like a 7.5 out of 10 and the consensus is that they clone tyrone is a provocative clever sci-fi with an exceptional cast um metacritic gave like a 75 out of 10 so yeah generally favorable favorable reviews um anything i've seen about the movie on like tiktok or twitter are like very favorable like people really love this movie and like the one thing i will say about this movie i really liked how like refreshing the concept was like i hope we get more kind of like strange movies like this like this Mm -hmm. is like a very like out of left field like weird movie and i and like the blend of like it being like a sci-fi plus like a black movie is just like really cool so like i think i'm hoping like 
because of the success of this movie, we get like a lot more stuff like this. Like it's not just like a once in a while type thing. Same. Um, I think I'm going to actually, I see like some comparisons to other films with this movie and like what the director and producer were inspired by. And I see they live and the Truman show are both inspirations, which I've never seen either one. So I think I'm a Truman show is pretty good. Yeah, I put the, the, the yeah. Jim Carrey movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what everybody says, and so I did read the and synopsis. They live is really good. Yeah, I haven't seen, and They Live has been on my list to watch. So I think I'm gonna like do that and maybe like do a little comparison in my head to see what they were inspired by. I will also say, if you want to add to your list, sorry to bother you, because like Bootsy Collins is known. He's like a black. Um, I'm pretty sure he's a black director. I've never seen his face. Let me make sure. <laughs> before i say it. yes bootsy collins is known to make wait hold up am i thinking of the right person i've been calling this person the wrong name the entire time <laughs> wait boots riley not bootsy collins bootsy collins <laughs> is a singer i'm so sorry boots riley is known for making stuff like this so he has a movie called sorry to bother you which i saw a long time ago i need to watch it again that's also in this kind of same vein of like weird existentialism sci-fi black movie i'll put it on my list those are my like three next movies to watch i have seen clips from this though so i know that it's a little like a little odd when you watch the movie yeah I think also he has a show right now called I'm a Virgo. That's is I think it's on Amazon. That's I've also seen, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So to end off the episode, would you recommend this movie to others slash like what would you rate it? Yes, I would recommend it to other people and I'd give it a nine out of ten. And for me, I would definitely recommend it to others um i hope we get more movies like sci-fi black movies as well in the future mm-hmm. um i hope this turns into like a, a nice trend of like that would be maybe amazing. some alien black <gasps> movies or like time travel black movies into like the future or like like let's let's open up the door to like really cool stuff um so i give it a 9.5 out of 10 yeah, same. I'd give it like a 9 to a 9.5 out of 10. Um, Just like Nia said, I hope this starts a trend of movies like this. Like I know the previous trend with black cinema was horror films, which was very cool to see. I hate horror movies. So, you know, that was not a cool trend for me. I supported it from the sidelines for sure, though. <laughs> but if the next trend is like sci-fi stuff, I'm definitely down for that. Like I can I'll be able to watch these um, the media that comes from that. And yeah, I definitely would recommend this movie to others. I have recommended it to others. I told my mom and my grandma, I told my friend to watch it. So yeah. So if you are listening to this and you haven't seen it, I don't know why you listen to this whole episode. You just spoiled the hell out of yourself. But please <laughs> do watch and support the movie. Um, does anybody have any closing comments before I end the episode? Uh, no, not for me. Me neither. I just thought it was really good. All right, there you have it, guys. Uh, This is a very good movie. Please watch. And thanks for listening. This is, this has been Decoria. 
we need Tori back so she can actually like <laughs> do like a proper exit and intro. Right. <laughs> and this is Marin. And I'm Nia. Bye. Bye. Bye.